exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. Call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893. And now, let's kick off another hour of Sports Talk. Yeah, why don't we kick off another hour of Sports Talk. We're in the basement. Yours truly, Dan, on the mic. And as usual, in the house to my right, been here since day one, my main man, Duwan. That's a space after the E, capital J, Juan Simmons. What's up, David? How's it going? Tremendous. I'm sure you were in a fantastic mood after the transpiration of this past week. Oh, very much so. If transpiration's a word, call me and tell me if it's not. If not, we know what it means, man. It's excitement, pure joy. Uh, the beauty of the studio, Brigitte Sheroyan. We said your last name on air. Hopefully people don't look you up on Facebook <laughs> Facebook now. But she's in the house. And how are you doing, Brigitte? I'm doing great, Dan. We will talk more about the week that was in Spartan football, basketball, women's basketball, hockey. Big win this past weekend. And the Rook. You ever been, hey, Juan, have you ever been to Cedar Point in the summertime? Cedar Point in the summertime, yes. Have you seen those Amish guys that walk around? Sure. With the haircuts? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the rookie got a haircut, and he looks like the Amish guy in like the blue outfit <laughs> who, walk, who walks around with the, the. No, we won't go at it. But uh, if you see a, a freshman walking around with that look, that's him. Most Stop him. most likely he, he works in the basement with Dan, Dewan, Brigitte, Kevin behind the glass as usual on the phones. We're gonna open them up five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. We are taking resumes. For head coach at Michigan State University here tonight on the Sports Wrap. If you think you have what it takes to coach the Spartans, we want to know why. Tell us what your offense would run and who you'd focus on, who you'd utilize. Talk about your defense. We want to hear it. I'm sure there are some of you out there that think you could be the next head football coach here yeah. at Michigan State. <laughs> Rook, I'm the, I skipped over you. How you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. That time in Florida was pretty nice. Florida? What were you doing in Florida? Uh, down, were, you, were, you, were you down there recruiting a new head coach? <laughs> yeah, maybe looking at Butch Davis, maybe. A little bit of Butch Davis. A little bit of Butch Davis. Your haircut looks like a little bit of Butch. <laughs> How about that? No, uh, Butch Davis signed. Sounds like he's going to sign with North Carolina. Yeah, Do your homework. He's off the pitcher. John L. John L. Smith was fired this past week. Why uh, even say that? You all probably know that if you're listening to my show those three of you out there in Radio Land, <laughs> well, I three. appreciate. Wow, you're quite uh, no. modest today, huh? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to be humble here. Right, I hear it, you. Realistic. <laughs> no, we need your phone calls tonight, folks. Call in with your resume if you want to be the next head coach at Michigan State. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Coming up this hour, we're gonna break down Michigan State basketball after two games of the men playing and one game of the women playing. I have a better picture and a better analysis of what these two teams are gonna bring to the floor this year. I'll tell you what I will do if Alyssa DeHaan dunks this year. You don't want to miss that. It has something to do with carving a number 41 into my hair. <laughs> We're going to talk about candidates for head coach. Coming up very quickly here, actually, around the corner. We'll wrap it up with a little Michigan State basketball. And at the end of the hour, do not do not miss this. Tomorrow's voting day. Right. We, we will vote on some issues in Michigan State sports. I'll give you a little preview. Uh, most likely to make millions, coach most likely to be fired next, and most likely to drop a pass. Oh, Don't man, answer now. Wait, wait till that, that's a, that's only a sample of what I saved the best yeah. ones for off the air. But five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. I'm selling those phones tonight, baby, and Kevin is answering them all night. He just gave me the thumbs up. He is thrilled. All right. Well, before before we get into the top of the hour, I want to play a little clip of uh, what our athletic director, Ron Mason, had to say last Wednesday. Harvard, including Michigan State. And uh, this morning, uh, I met with John L. Smith uh, and uh, informed him that uh, he would no longer be the coach next year. Uh, we asked him to continue this season uh, through a bowl game if necessary. And uh, he did this with class. Uh, he cares a lot about his student-athletes. He cares a lot about his assistant coaches, and he cares a lot about Michigan State. Thank you for playing that, Kevin. That is a great clip. A lot of truth to that clip. John L. Smith does care a lot about his players, and he, he has said that repetitively. You can see that. The guy really cares about his players. It's unfortunate that he couldn't get it done on the field. Right. And, and it's a direct reflection on the coaches. So there's not much he can do in this situation. 
What surprised me the most, I don't know if it surprised you, star players coming out and saying and voicing their opinion against the administration, saying, why? Why'd you fire John L. Smith? He was a great coach. But you got to look at the numbers at the end of the day, don't you? At the end of the day, it's all about winning and losing. You know, being a good guy off the field doesn't really cut it, you know, for an extended amount of time like, like the Spartans was in. At the end of the day, you have to start getting wins. And with the amount of talent they had on the roster, it just wasn't feasible to keep him in place, you know, by posting a losing mark, especially with the hopes surrounding this season, not just locally but nationally. You know, the Spartans were looked at at the beginning of the season to cause noise. There was a dark horse on a lot of people's list to cause trouble throughout the Big Ten and possibly, you know, rank high, maybe even a BCS bowl game. So this was, this was a big letdown, and something had to had to change to shake it up. So... Unfortunately, he was a victim of circumstance. Unfortunately, the timing of this firing, is this unfortunate for John L. Smith? Do you think this is wrong? Do you think the timing was terrible and they should have waited to the end of the season? Do you think it is? It sends a clear message. The administration stressed transparency at this press conference. Yes, Juan, Juan was with me. They stressed transparency. They wanted to be clear to the Spartan, the Spartan family, if you want to call it that. Right. Do you think this was? they did John L. Smith unjustly? By announcing this and the team doing throwing this big bomb, if you could say, in the, with three games left. Yeah, I think it was very, very poor timing. You know, to to tell them some to tell him the news like that, and then ask him on top of that to finish the season out. You might as well had just you know kept that to yourself and just let him finish the season out. Then at the end of the season, tell him that you know you didn't want his services for the next year. It adds more pressure onto the player, especially the seniors who already in the midst of a, of a sliding season trying to pull it together and finish out their last couple of games. You just stack more pressure on there knowing that your coach is gone. So, of course, effort levels are going to decrease knowing that what do we really have to play for? We don't have a coach. We don't have this. We don't have that. So it was very poor timing by the administration. I was I was really shocked the way they had did it. And then to tell them in the morning, I, I believe they told him about 10. They told John L. about 10. They told us in the press at 11.30. And they stalled until the two o'clock practice to let them, so he could tell the players. So I think it was real poor timing and poor judgment by the administration to do something at a time like this. Good timing by caller number one. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap. How you doing? Not bad. How's it going, man? Not bad. Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm calling from at Michigan State campus, Wilson Hall. Outstanding. What's your name, sir? Nick Rayban. <laughs> Nick Rayban. Hey, hi, what what do you want to talk about tonight, sir? What is on your mind? We were just talking about the timing for firing John L. Smith, right, in the middle of the season? Yes, sir. All right. I actually don't think it's that bad a decision to fire him during the middle of the season and let him know what's up. Why Why do you say that? Isn't this kind of a slap, quote, slap in the face to John L. Smith? We're not talking about slap in the face with John L. Smith. <laughs> about the media talking about how Michigan State needs to fire him every day of the week. He has no idea what's going on. Just John L. Smith bashing constantly. This decision by Michigan State at least stops that press. I mean, they're like, oh, maybe they shouldn't have uh, fired him right now. They give sympathy to John L. Smith. The media and the press are a little bit easier on him. He doesn't have to worry about it. He pretty much knew he was done after the season anyway. With all those losses, he knew it was coming. Why not just, like, fire him right now and all the garbage that was going on in the media and all the name-calling and all the, like, crap that was going on. Right, right, right. But firing John L. Smith in the middle season, we we weren't that harsh on him here at the Sports Wrap. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Local media, writers at the Lansing State Journal, State News. Yeah, I can, I can agree with you there. But here's a here's a big question. Tell me who our next head coach is. Oh, I have no idea. Outstanding. <laughs> hey, hey we, we, we thank you for your call out there in Wilson Hall, Michigan State University. Give us a call, 517-432-3893. We do have an idea who that next head coach will be, and I'll tell you who it will be. But I will make you wait for that. The timing. A little off, in my opinion. Players caught off guard adds to a bad week of practice. Obviously, right? How can how can you look at a head coach on your field knowing that he the axe has dropped? End of the season, he's packing his bags. How I don't know how you can really focus in a practice. But Ju Kalkrick said he walked out to the field and tears came to his eyes when he saw John L. out there like nothing had happened. How do you stay focused through, I, through, I don't, a, through I don't with know. two games left? How do you stay focused when you know the axe has been dropped? I don't know, and that's why I say it was such poor timing because it destroyed the little bit of chemistry that was remaining, you know, throughout the program to, to, to you know, fire them at a time like this. They should have just waited, like I said, because the players, 
even though the season was for the most part lost, they didn't live up to the expectations they they may have aimed for in the beginning. But they still had a chance to go to a bowl game if they had picked up a win against Purdue. It was pretty feasible facing you know the, the last two opponents with Penn State and Minnesota. So I don't get the timing and. You know, it's just another thing to hang on top of the players and put more pressure on them, so I don't get it. Absolutely. Search committee. President Simon said the search committee, pardon me, Ron Mason said the search committee is going to be composed of him and President and Simon. President Simon. Right. How do you feel about that? Personally, I'm a little nervous about that. They said they're going to go get outside help, but primarily you're going to put the future of Michigan State football on the shoulders of five foot one Luana K. Simon. <laughs> And Ron Mason, who's going to be out the door in, in, what, 2008, his contract expires. And I assume they're going to bring in a new AD. He makes enough money. He can he makes 300 plus a year. He doesn't need to be an AD anymore. Right. He's a ter- tremendous hockey coach, don't get me wrong. But I think, unfortunately, Ron Mason's career may be defined by the decision he makes regarding this football coach. Not just his, President Simons as well. Oh, yes. Because the football program is the largest grossing program you know, oh, out yeah. of any of the athletics here. So it is going to be a lot of pressure on them, especially with the top recruits that they're getting in. You know, the program is definitely on the upswing. Even though this is a down season, the program's definitely, excuse me, the program's definitely on the upswing. They're getting better talent. They're retaining better players. They're hitting the weights harder. They're faster. They're more agile. They're playing harder. You know, they just wasn't able to pull it together this year. But... Again, I was at the press conference, and they did reflect transparency, and they said that the President Simon and Ron Mason was going to head the, the search committee, but they was also going to keep the trustees abreast of all the important information going on at the time. So I don't know. Brigitte, I, I see it being a two-man team. Just Brigitte, your, your thoughts. Can, can we get the female perspective? We do, <laughs> we do have a female president here at this university. So first off, the timing of this decision, and secondly, the search committee. Well, I think the timing was definitely a little off, you know, but it could have provided like a positive spark. You know, the players could have sent their coach off with like, um, like a good send off. Had they Bowl game, had they won least. the past couple games, or excuse me, had won the next two games, you know, they could have gone to a bowl game. It's, I mean, pretty defeated attitude around the sidelines and everything. But the search I mean, it's committee just disappointing. The search committee, President Simon and Ron Mason. Do you think that is too narrow of a committee? Too too few people that uh, don't know necessarily. I don't know their minds, but I can make a good guess. President Simon knows football, but when you're making one of the biggest decisions in regards to a program, see, this is going to carry a, an effect that's going to ring out for years. Right. We're still mm-hmm. recovering from Bobby Williams. We're still recovering from not paying Saban enough to stay. That's the thing. Head coaching changes is not, it's not that simple, especially – the way that they, you know, suggest they were going to do it as far as cleaning house. Where Mason said that the new coach they select, they was going to give him the opportunity to bring with him any personnel that he feel he needed to get the job done. So that means implementing a new head coach. More than likely, he's going to bring at least an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator with him. Yes. So that's a whole new package, a whole new setup, a whole new everything for all your players to learn. And the first game of the season, even though this one hasn't ended, August is not really that far away. Yes, sir. If you don't have a coach nailed down by spring ball, it's going to be very hard for the players to pick up this new package or whatever the new coach is trying to implement. So you might lose the first three, four games of the year just because everybody's brand new to a system. So not only do a decision have to be made, it has to be made quickly, especially if you're clearing house and bringing in all new people. Absolutely. Back to Brigitte. I'm sorry, I overlooked <laughs> the young lady. Um, the committee. What are your thoughts on just President Simon and Ron Mason? Well, it's definitely a narrow committee, you know, when you only have two people picking out a coach for as big of a program as football is at Michigan State, you do raise some questions as to whether or not those two will have enough knowledge to pick a good head coach. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, were they the ones that picked John L. Smith for a coaching position before? I know Ron Mason had his word in there. Peter, I believe Peter McPherson was here during that. And and then even questions arose there. Who is John John L. Smith? This, right. this guy that got cool. fired at halftime of a bowl game <laughs> down at Louisville, the team that is looking tremendous now that he's yeah, gone. Yeah, they're great now. Maybe will maybe that effect will ring out through East Lansing. <laughs> I know you like B. Hoyer. Yeah. And I know you like T. J. Williams. That's gonna right. be a duel. We'll talk about next season when this season's over. <laughs> Jeez. But they say President Simon and Rob Mason sooner than later the decision about a head coach. How soon do we need? Give me a give me a month. What month is, do we need to know who our head coach is here at Michigan State? 
I'm going to take middle end of February at the absolute latest, more than likely somewhere around the end of January, middle of January. But the absolute latest it could go is the end of February. If you don't have something in place by the end, it's going to be trouble because a lot of the good coaches who are left on the market right now are going to have coaching positions by that time. And you don't want to have to just piecemeal, you know, a program together, a coaching staff together with interim head coaches and this, that, and the third just to try to save face and, and get the players somewhat ready for, you know, the off season ahead. So if they don't have something by February, I'll be very nervous. Call me, 517-432-3893. If you think you have what it takes to be the head coach at Michigan State football, <laughs> if you got your head coaching staff, what your packages would be, and who you would utilize. Because the race is wide open, in my opinion. And they said that when at the press conference, you know, Simon and Mason both hinted that the race is wide open. Uh, they was very evasive when it came to comments about, you know, what are the names. shortlist of candidates to throwing out any type of names. So that indicated to me that they probably have a two or three, you know, front runners, logically speaking. But I still say it's a wide open race depending on who comes available in these next couple months. We'll tell you who our front runners are after we take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Paul Conendike from Spartan Magazine about who he thinks will be a good candidate for the Michigan State head football coaching mm-hmm. position. Stay with us. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ag Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. That's right. The cultural vibe is is Saturday nights, I believe, on The Impact, hosted by a good friend of mine, DJ Rad, Conrad One. He does a great show on Saturday nights, a little hip-hop, switch it up a little bit on The Impact. But everything is great on The Impact, especially Monday nights from 7 to 8. Oh, you know it. Most opinionated sports panel you can find, free of influence of the bottom line. We tell it how it is. And we tell it how it was. And this past week was very eventful, to say the least. And now we need to find a new head coach. So here's my short list of head coaches. And there are two. Todd Grantham, my number one front runner okay. mm-hmm. to be the head coach at Michigan State University. A lot of people say, who? Right. Who? Who is this guy? So, what about Steve Mary? No, 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 no. We won't even complete that sentence. Too high profile. Okay. Grantham, he was a coach here for three years, if you don't remember, 96 to 98. Yeah, that's three if you count 96. Six as a season. Yeah. So he was assistant coach in his final season. This is under Nick Saban in 98. He was an assistant under Saban. Michigan State ranked 19th in total defense in 1996. And in 97, 13th in total defense. Tremendous defensive philosophy. Made consecutive bowl trips. Consecutive bowl trips while he was here. That's unheard of. We just want one. Right. Okay, he then went to the Indianapolis Colts for a couple years, Houston Texans, and now he is with the Cleveland Browns. But the thing that gets me about Grantham is he is a product of Nick Saban. And as a product of Nick Saban, eventually through relation, you are going to be a product of Tom Izzo because of the relationship with he holds with Saban. Just like he has a strong relationship with Mariucci, he does have a tremendous relationship with Nick Saban. And I believe that Tom Izzo is going to have a lot of pull in this decision. He's arguably, I believe, the highest paid coach here. That sounds right. After endorsements and media obligations, things like that, he brings home a nice paycheck. But nonetheless, Todd Grantham, 
Uh, he's in his first year with the Browns. He's a defensive coordinator. We need a defensive guy. We need a disciplinarian here at Michigan State that can keep these guys in line and stress defense. I think I really like Dave Baldwin right now, our offensive coordinator. I like his scheme. Sometimes conservative at times, but if Baldwin goes, I think Baldwin will be most likely to get a, a job somewhere else out of the three coaches. Chris Schmieland, defensive coordinator, and John L. Smith, head coach. Schmieland, D3. <laughs> get out of here. No, I th- I really do think Baldwin is a good coach. He's got a good he's got a good system. He just it just needs to be somewhere else with a head coach who Who knows how to work with him. Exactly. Alright, he's done some great things with the Cleveland Browns, despite the Cleveland Browns not being terribly successful. Uh they're working down there with what? Second year quarterback Charlie Fry. Right. Um, the, you, the offense is so young down there, so he's he's doing what he can on the defensive side of the ball down in Cleveland. Uh, they have the, one of the NFL's top pass defensive pass defenses actually, uh, fourth in the NFL last year. So definitely a defensive guy. Right. My number one pick, Todd Grantham, and you just heard why. So that's my short list. Todd Grantham, number one. Gene Chizik, number two. You've heard a lot about this guy. Mac Brown is who he works for down there in Texas. Mac Brown has given him the permission to talk to Michigan State, so that is also a good sign. But I still go with Todd Grantham as my number one because he has been here before. He has been in the system. He's a guy that I believe would be committed long-term to Michigan State. We don't need a coach that's going to be here three years and bounce. Right. They already they already echoed that when we was at the conference. They don't really want someone who takes Michigan State as, as the a next platform. stepping stone to yeah. get to the next level of wherever they're trying to go. Gene Shizik, he's an assistant head coach at the University of Texas, also co-defensive coordinator, and he also coaches linebackers. So obviously my list is very defensive in philosophy. Even before he went to Texas, he coached down at Auburn, defensive coordinator at Auburn. That year, Tigers finished second in the nation, right. 13-0. and You don't get to 13-0 and unless you have a good defense. This guy is definitely on the top of my list, right behind Todd Grantham. So keep that in mind. Gene Chizik, Todd Grantham. And Chizik is currently one of the most coveted coaches to make the jump from assistant to head. So look out. He's going to be coveted with all the openings that could be around the nation. So that is why I think sooner than later. I don't even think you can wait much longer than season's end. You'll find out who, what coaching vacancies there are, what coaches are available, who's going to get fired. But here's one for you, Juan. Do you hire a coach that has just been fired? Say Larry Coker. Right. We're throwing it up in the air. Say Larry Coker gets fired by Miami. Okay. Do you, would, you, would you pick up Larry Coker? Yes, I would. I would pick him up. As soon as I hear that press release that he's fired, I'm on the, I'm on the horn getting him, getting him a plane ride up here to East Lansing. On the horn, he said. And, 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 and into the office so we could talk about his stay up here, his tenure up here in East Lansing. Why, why would you choose? I mean, this is all philosophical. We, we, you know, we don't know if, if Larry Coker's going to be fired or not. We don't know if he'd ever consider coming this far north. Right. But nonetheless, what would attract you to Larry Coker? He's he's a terrific coach and he's accustomed to winning. They have the prestige down in Miami, you know that they're going to win. Miami starts every season off as wanting to be the national champion, and anything less than that is considered a failure. So of course they're in a slump right now. This is the first time they're not ranked in 25 plus years. So the program's a little down. So of course they need someone to point the finger at, which is right now Larry Coker. But he's a terrific coach. He's coached great players. You know his 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 facts is there. He's a winner. Why not bring the guy in? Absolutely. So, give me someone other than the men- the aforementioned coaches that if you had if you had one wish and it was geared towards an MSU head coaching vacancy, who would you pick wow. as to fulfill? In in all in all reality, you know you can't take tenured head coaches. You can't say oh Joe Pa and his broken leg down there at Penn State. <laughs> you, you can't say Mac Brown down or there Lloyd Carr. at Texas or Lloyd Carr. But of coaches that could arguably be Feasible. unemployed. Or on the market. I like the guy out at Rutgers. I like what he's done with Rutgers. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to get a big program in I the think, next couple of years. I think that if if they don't build around him at Rutgers, which I don't see happening at Rutgers, I see him going big 
somewhere. Some when someone retires at an elite program, he right. steps in. But Bobby Bowden? <laughs> Just kidding. How about let's throw it out there because the media would the media eats it's this the, one up. Steve Mariucci, here you go. Right. What's what's your take on Mooch? No, nah, I don't see Steve Mariucci coming anywhere near here except to see Izzo for the basketball games, man. <laughs> <laughs> too high profile, man. He's too high profile for coach. It'd be too high profile of a situation. And once you're an ex NFL coach, making that transition back down to college is is a lot harder because the college game is much more difficult to coach than the NFL game. Absolutely, there's so much. I believe there's so much more involved in in recruiting and things like that. It's easy. I don't know if it's, I'd say easy to draft a player, but I, I think the process is is easier in the NFL. You have money to work with, right? You don't sell education, right? And they have less less things to worry about. If you're you know a college athlete, when you come to your program, you're 17, 18 years old. You're fresh out of high school. I mean, your maturity is a little you know, down in comparison to a, a NFL rookie. You still have other responsibilities and obligations such as school or social life. Like, you're more involved in a lot of things at 17 or 18 years old than you are at 22, 23. So, of course, the transition is a little rougher. Brigitte, the fe- the female perspective in the basement, we need to know, what are who are you thinking about, head coach? Because, obviously, the decision is going to be made major- with the majority – of the decision on Luana K. Simon's shoulders, and she is mm-hmm. a female. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me. <clears throat> Definitely agree with you. Tad Grantham, number one pick. I know they were also looking a little bit, well, they weren't, but, you know, Jim Harbaugh is also an option. He Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, you mm, know. Ex-player, ex-Indianapolis Colt. Yeah. Right? Um, yep. John Tenuta from Georgia Tech, defensive coordinator, could also be an option. So you, you're, you're, you're sticking with defense. Well, you know, uh, Defense uh, wins games, offense sells tickets, you know. There you go. Wow, new one. Defense wins game, offense sells tickets. Excellent, excellent, nice. And you know what? We'll let him speak. The Amish rookie <laughs> in the house tonight. Your thoughts. Tell me who you who we talked about before the program so everyone that's listening can laugh at you when you say who you are about to say. Ron English, defensive coordinator of Michigan. Get no. out of here. Are you kidding me? That's who I'd like. I've got the number two program in the nation. He probably makes not a head coach. Probably makes a tremendous figure. He doesn't have the pressure of of a head coach. He's gonna get whoever he wants to play for him down there. Albeit he has to be number two to Lloyd Carr. After they win the national championship this year, as Juan predicted, which they are, he's gonna get a nice little pay raise. And you're one of the greatest football cities. I have to say it, one of the greatest storied football programs in America. You're always going to have the upper edge in recruiting. Why would Ron English come to, in in Ann Arbor's eyes, the toilet of Michigan football? They'd probably say Central's better than us or something like that. (laughs) Or not close to it. But why would he come here? I don't see it happening. There's been no talk from him saying that that he's interested or Lloyd Carr's given him permission. There's no way... That the decision that this administration has to make with the brevity that they have to do it, right. Michigan's going to be playing deep into January. January, not deep, but we'll say Janu- what, January 7th is the national the title champ- game? Yep, somewhere around there. Between the week of the 1st and the 7th, because they're going to go to a BCS game, so they're still going to be playing the end. Regardless, regardless of how they played against right. Ball State, I don't care, okay? A W is a W at the end of the day. Ohio State struggled against Juice and the company. juicing the boys but nonetheless i am counting down to see that showdown between ohio state and michigan and obviously i think michigan's gonna pull the upset i definitely got michigan winning that game but sticking with michigan state football we move forward this last game does the rest of the season matter to you at all no (laughs) wow that was a quick that was a quick answer no great point so are you going to tune in uh, slash attend slash care about these last two games? Right? I'm going to attend, but I'm not really going to care. Everything... Juan, Juan is just attending so he can get the free media luncheon, <laughs> the, the box lunch with got with it. apple cookie and, and strange sandwich. That's the joy of my life. <laughs> but, no, I, I, everything that I wanted to see is, is taking place. I wanted to see what the coaching decision is going to make. I've seen that. In my opinion, they're not going to a bowl game since they just dropped that game, and I, I see Penn State as a definite loss, but... 
Here on the Sports Wrap to talk a little Michigan State head coaching football with us is Paul Conendike. He is a writer slash recruiting analysis for Spartan Magazine. You can check him out on www.spartanmag.com if you choose. Paul, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Man, fantastic writer for Spartan Mag joining us, Paul Conendike. So, Paul, who are your front runners for Michigan State head football coach? Well, I think until until uh, coach uh, basketball coach Tom Izzo rules them out, I think Steve Marici's got to be right up there. I think it's interesting that uh, Coach Izzo hasn't said that that Mooch won't take the job. I think he can read into that a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if, if he's a front runner. Another guy you got to think about is a uh, Central Michigan coach Brian Kelly. Yeah, I think a lot will depend on uh, on what he does against Western Michigan this Friday, uh, as far as that goes. But I think those are two guys you look at, and then. Uh, the other guy that's been kind of rising up in the in the rumor mill, so to speak, is uh, Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator Todd Grantham, who was uh, here as a defensive coordinator under Nick Saban, and uh, is pretty hot name in uh, in the NFL right now. Yeah, we talked. We just talked about Todd Grantham being. Uh, he's uh, we endorse him as our number one front runner, Mariucci. Why Mariucci? Give me give me one reason other than Izzo being pals with Izzo. That Steve Mariucci can be a top, be a good head coach in the collegiate levels when he's not known so much as a disciplinarian. Well, I don't think I don't think uh, you need to be a quote disciplinarian as long as you hire a group of assistant coaches that that have uh, reputations as a disciplinarian. And the other thing is, if that's one of his job descriptions, then I think maybe you can adapt to it. The other thing to remember is it's a little bit different dealing with college age kids than it is dealing with a guys that are twenty five. Uh, between 25 and 30 with uh, a few million dollars to blow each year. I mean, you know, I'm, when I was in college, it was bad enough, but he'd give me a million dollars, give me a couple million dollars. I'd find a lot of ways to get in trouble. Absolutely. You know, it's a little bit, little, bit different in, uh, a little bit different in college. Paul Conendike from Spartan Magazine joining us on the show tonight. So, Paul, if you had the decision to make and you had to, and you had to make it, say, within the next month, and you and you had the plethora of coaches that had been named in in the search. Ron English, just you know, hypothetically, who would you pick as head coach in Michigan State? Who would I pick? I think you know I'd go with a guy who's got a reputation for defense. I think maybe a guy like Todd Grantham. Um, just knowing uh, what I do know about him, uh, when he was uh, at Michigan State as a defensive coordinator, um, he was a very good recruiter. And uh, one of the areas he recruited very well is Florida, uh, Michigan State when they've been winning has always done well recruiting Florida, and I think that's key. Um, you know, Grantham's also kind of a, you know, people like to compare him to Nick Saban. Well, he's not really like Nick Saban. He's more of an outgoing guy than Nick Saban. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Nick Saban was, uh, you know, he was basically an a-hole. I'll, I'll come out and say it. That's, okay, uh, yep. That was his reputation, and uh, he got the job done. He did, he did an okay job up here. You know, everybody knows what he did at LSU, but he didn't get it done by being a nice guy. Absolutely. Um, the rest of the my, season. I'll turn my radar detector off while I'm driving home. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Todd Grantham is a guy that, that would be an interesting candidate. And I think what he would do is he'd bring, uh, I think he'd bring at least one guy off the Cleveland Browns staff that has significant big-time experience. Uh, they've got a defensive coordinator named Mel Tucker. Or, I'm sorry, he's a defensive backs coach um, at Cleveland which has been decimated by injuries this year. But uh, Mel Tucker was co-defensive coordinator with Mark Dan Antonio at Ohio State under Jim Trestle. Um, he actually, uh, Tucker actually recruited a number of the guys on uh, on the roster at Michigan State when he was at Ohio State. Uh, one of those guys would be Brian Hoyer and uh, Nick Smith is another guy that he recruited when he was at Ohio State. So I think, uh, I think, uh, I think uh, Grantham would do a, do a pretty good job. You know, and I also think uh, I also think Mariucci would do a very good job. My three top candidates would be uh, would be Mariucci, Brian Kelly, and uh, Todd Grantham. All right, one more for you, Paul. I know you're a busy man and you're driving home. If you could keep one assistant from John L. staff, who would you keep and why? Can I keep two? Go ahead, two. Okay, I would keep uh, Derek Jackson, defensive line coach. Um, he's a great, great up and coming young coach. Uh, he's got he's got a real strong pedigree. And uh, I think he's done a lot with a uh, with defensive line this year. I know that people like to see sack numbers higher, but um, from what he's got out of these guys with his little experience that they have had, I think that in the fact that they've done a real good job with the rush defense, I think that's the guy I keep. 
And uh, I think uh, one of the other guys I would keep is probably uh, quarterbacks coach Dan Enos. Um, Michigan State guy, quarterback himself. Yeah, you know, he's a fiery guy. And I, I don't know how much, of, you know, I don't get him involved with, uh, you know, don't don't tear on him for the play calling on the offense because I really don't think he's got that much of a oh, no. role in that. But I do think that uh, Dan Enos knows what it takes to win at Michigan State. Um, he's a personable guy. He's a good recruiter. I know the quarterbacks really like him, and uh, and I, I think it, you know it's good to have some Michigan State guys around. Not all Michigan State guys. I, I don't. I don't think that. Yeah, too I much inbreeding is is not good. I was just going to say that I don't think uh, you know I don't think you need to have all. It's good to have new blood sometimes. Oh yeah. All right, Paul Conondike from Spartan Magazine. We thank you, Paul. Have a safe drive home. We appreciate it. Hopefully, we can make a regular here in the basement on the Sports Rep. Oh, no problem. You guys do a great job. All right, thanks a lot. That was Paul A. Conondike of Spartan Magazine. He's a writer slash recruiting analysis down there for Spartan Magazine. His website is SpartanMag.com. Want to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to put Michigan State football to rest after a few last analyses. But you're listening to the Spartan Sports Riz app. Stay with us. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that? Smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. Mysmokefreeapartment.org. When you get up in the morning and turn on the radio, you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work, do you? You don't want to hear talking. You want to hear music. So here at The Impact, we are making you a promise. We're calling it the More Music Morning's 89-second play. We, The Impact, pledge that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into The Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're in the house with Dan the Man. That's me on the mic. Juan to my right. Brigitte Cross in the rook to my left. We're in the basement breaking down Spartan football right now. We're taking your calls at 517-432-3893. If you have a resume to be head coach here at Michigan State, I want to know why and what's going to make you a good football coach because, hey, we're taking anybody. We'll forward you to President Simon and go from there. But nonetheless, we're going to put Spartan football to rest Saturday's win, I was very impressed with the win on the defensive end of the ball. We couldn't execute for beans on offense. Brett Swenson looked good, hitting field goals from 46-40 and 30. Yeah, he's a stud. He's a stud. 22-46 and 40, pardon me. Swenson looked great. I like I like him a lot. That is one thing about state program, though. It's special teams as far as kicking and punting. Is that, was the hi- that was the highlight. A-plus. Brandon Fields, great A-plus. kickoff. He lived. He, interesting enough, he lives right below me in my apartment complex. I'm not. I'm not the stalker type, but I just noticed because he's six six guy who always wears the backwards hat and uh, the football guy. And there's only so many six six guys who are thin. You know, you got Big Row right, uh, pushing right. three, Big Jesse. Right. But nonetheless, we're gonna debate a little something really quick about the head coaching position. Does Michigan State need a black head coach? One, no offense to you as being a black man. Right. You know, we, we keep it real. No hard feelings. Right. But, you know, we're up to debate everything. So, I'll say it wouldn't hurt for Michigan State to get a black head coach here. I think in terms of recruiting, the majority of your players are black. And I think in terms of 
attracting them, a black head coach is not going to hurt you. I would agree with that as a but fact. I don't know. If, do you think the political atmosphere here at Michigan State is one that it would be accepting of a black head coach? Personally, no. Just from being a Michigan State student and being involved and around the Michigan State activities, it's something I don't see happening here at Michigan State University. But I don't think it's something that's absolutely necessary due to the like the circumstances of what the what the team is at right now. I think they just need someone qualified more so than depending on, you know, if he's white or black or anything like that. They just need someone to really come in and really spearhead the, the problem on a lot of angles and tie up some loose ends and, and get some W's out here. Next question, and we're going to be done with Spartan football. We don't want to bore you fans. 517-432-3893 if you have anything to say about the state of Michigan State Athletics. John L. did not talk to reporters after the game Saturday. He released a statement through Michigan State Sports Information. Should John L. have to talk to reporters after these games? Uh, Brigitte, talk uh, to me. Talk to me, Brigitte. Ladies first. Um, Ladies first. With that contract, $3.1 million, I think he owed uh, the student body and everybody a little bit of an explanation. Um, what is? Tell me what's left to explain, Brigitte. Well, I mean, you know, he's saying the same thing every week. You know, there's only so many times you can hear that. We had a great practice, just we didn't execute on the field. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's only so many times you can hear that. But, you know, he always prides himself on being such a classy man, and I just found it unclassy that he, you know, left the blame up to the players to discuss what went wrong and what was right on the field during the Cla- game. Classless, I agree. But how do we fare these last two games, guys? Then we're wrapping up Spartan football. I've had enough. Last two games, Minnesota at the crib, seniors' last home game. I'm going to take emotion on that one, and we get a W. And last game at Penn State with Joe Powell with the broken leg. He's still going to still gonna outcoach John L. with one leg. I'll tell you that. He's got 30 years on him and one leg, but I'm still taking Joe Pa. I don't care if he's... he's got both legs broken right. he's still a tremendous coach just when people are starting to write him off what does he do go nine and one win a bowl mm-hmm. game outstanding so do do we win one more yeah i, I see the minnesota game as feasible I, I say they come out on momentum john nail's last home game the seniors last home game i see them drawing all that emotion together and and putting against putting a solid game plan together against a not so strong Minnesota program, so I see that as feasible. But the Penn oh, State yeah. game is definitely a loss. <laughs> definitely <laughs> a loss. A loss is what the women did not suffer in Michigan State basketball this past week, Thursday night. They hosted Grand Valley at the crib, aka the Breslin Center. Right. After watching the women play, I must say they will be solid this year, Juan. Very. I was impressed. You say, oh, Grand Valley. No, 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 no. This is the Grand Valley team that was Division II national champions last year, a Grand Valley women's team that can beat many women's teams in college, including women's teams in the Big Ten, i.e. Michigan. Do If you don't remember last year, Michigan was recruiting volleyball players to come play on their basketball team. Right. They were struggling. But it was a good team. We We didn't win by that much. I think we ended up winning by nine. I'm not sure. But I'll check that. Victoria Lucas Perry, 16 points, 8 assists. She was a little trigger happy, I will say that. But the freshman played strong, baby, and I was most impressed with the six foot nine Alyssa Dehan. How she is so shy and timid, I feel bad for her. She, <laughs> she has no clue what to do when talking to reporters after the game. She's so just quiet and kept to herself. But the opposing team kept their shots to themselves. That's a fact. Um but she has the ability to dunk. She did not attempt or have the opportunity, I don't think, to dunk in this past week's game. But Juan, we're going to throw one up here. Before before we get to what if she dunks and what I'll do if she dunks. Lissity Han, 6-9. What a presence she creates in the lane. How many shots she altered and how many shots she beat up. It was it was incredible. I, I was loving every minute of it. I can't cheer you. You can't cheer the media <laughs> section, but yeah. 6-9 girl, amazing how tall she is and, and just seeing defenders not even go to the lane. I was doing the shot chart for Michigan State Sports Information. Three-pointer, three. All they did is shoot threes. So her just being 6'9 alone, I don't care if she, how much she weighs, how little she weighs. Right. She's still a presence. But, Juan, if Alyssa DeHaan gets a dunk, two-handed dunk, 
I'm saying two-handed dunk. What will you do? What would I do? Will you grow your braids back out if Alyssa <laughs> DeHaan dunks two-handed? Actually, unfortunately, I won't, man. I'll just give her a pound of back. Tell her good job, man. Yeah, Juan, Juan is. We'll say too smooth. Juan's <laughs> yeah, too I'm smooth too, to to I'm operate too for that. Rookie, will you shave your head and get rid of the Goldilocks you have <laughs> if Alyssa De, if Alyssa DeHaan gets a two-handed dunk this year? Uh, probably not. Uh, what what will you do? Will you finally cover a hockey game for me? <laughs> yeah, more than one. More than one. Okay, the rookie will cover. And Brigitte, what will you do? Will you vote? Will you promise to vote later in the hour who Michigan State the hottest female athlete is? <laughs> in, in you know, in memory of what is it? Voters? Well, what do you call that? Voting day tomorrow. Right. Yeah, be there. Right. Great post <laughs> presence, Alyssa Dehan, number forty-one. If she gets a two-handed dunk. I will shave the number 41 in the side of my head and wear it to a game. There you go. I promise you, if you don't believe me when it happens, I'll take a picture of it and post it on my website, which is www.sportshort.blogspot.com. And I just posted a little overview of the men's and women's basketball, or pardon me, men's basketball, after this past two games. I've gotten a chance to analyze and predict. So you can, that is my website. Great post presence and elicited, Han. But you know what? A great segment in what we like to call Get On My Nerves, but we changed the name this week, Juan, to Whack Whack. Whack Whack. The Aflac Duck. Whack, you know. <laughs> All right. What it gets on my nerves, I'm going to start. I've got a couple good ones. Last week was the, the girls who think they're models. Let's remind everyone that I'm living the dream dating a model. I'm a sportscaster. <laughs> Let's remind them. <laughs> Just throw it out there real quick. Though. Oh, no, I know a few people I go to church with got a kick out of that. They were laughing. So shout out to Joe and his wife, Larry, if they're listening. They, uh, they found that humorous. But here's one. People who buy used police cars. Okay, that gets on my nerves so bad. You're driving down the road, you see a, uh, what looks to be a police car. You slapping the seatbelt over if you don't. Jam on the brakes. Jamming the brakes. Oh, sweating. Oh, man. Why do you buy used police cars? <laughs> They're beat to pieces. I don't even know. Want to know what the transmission looks like on a used police car. The Crown Victoria. And, and the worst is when they still have the, the police tires, the reinforced tires, and they have the grill, the smat, the barricade. Grill what, what get me is the light that's on the top <laughs> of the rear view that kills me every time. So number two, all right, Juan. What is, how how hot do you think you got today? Uh, fifty five, sixty maybe. Oh, okay. Why why am I seeing basketball shorts? I don't know. No 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 no. Why am I seeing basketball shorts with a button down dress shirt today? <laughs> Tell me why, Juan. I'm no fashion guru, Juan. But a button down dress shirt and basketball shorts? Are you kidding me? Uh, Michigan State, we can do better than that. Come on, I couldn't believe it. I was I was riding my bike. Yes, okay, you can knock me for riding my bike, <laughs> but if unless you want to pay twenty five dollar parking tickets every time you get onto campus, yeah, right. then we'll talk. We ride the bike, but that yeah, that's another thing. We don't even have to ex- ex- express that. The parking police? Are you kidding me? Oh man, that gets on my nerves. Them one <laughs> DPPS gets DP, on my nerves. DPPPS. All right, I think I just said eight P's in that last sentence. But nonetheless, we used to have a friend, or we we have a friend who used to work for DPPS, Brandon Hood. <laughs> if he's listening, what a sellout! Right? Who, how could you work for DPS? That's the that's all time worst job on campus. Like they they pay minimum wage, and you're gonna you're gonna make minimum wage to be everyone's worst thorn enemy. in everyone's side. Like I even look at the parking police bad when I drive past <laughs> on campus. It's I like, give a bead look. Even if I'm riding a bus, if I'm if I'm not even in my car at the time, if I'm on the on the cat of transportation and I see one of the parking service people, I always give them a dirty look. Yeah, and they try to cover it up with vehicle assist right, they on their brand new Dodge Rams. Yeah, they said they, how they, they got those. They, they said that they said they needed new new equipment because you know it's low speed, low RPMs. It's hard on the transmission, things like that. Too much wear and tear. But I know I'm on the inside. You know what they did with the old DPPS trucks? They're used by Michigan State University Grounds Department now. So you want to tell me that because we're getting political here tonight. Oh, well, tomorrow's the vote. Because they need more service, you're just going to slang them to another department and try to cover it up and peel off the stickers. I drove one when I worked for Grounds. Since then, I've moved on up. (laughs) I work in the Breslin Center now in the Sports Info office, if you guys didn't know. But what gets on your nerves, Brigitte? We've got a minute and a half left in this segment. Um, I guess the fact that all the football games, at least the Michigan, Michigan State one, are on ESPU now, ESPNU now. 
Yeah. You can't even watch them on regular TV. Well, Brigitte is one of the seven people who was trying to tune into right. that game it was Saturday. Actually, it was. It was actually I had to, to go somewhere game. and watch it on satellite. It was ridiculous. But Ridiculous. You know Not what, that I wanted to see them lose again. You know so. what's ridiculous? The rookie has an Amish haircut. <laughs> no, I will Put not. Put the Grand River. There, there you go. There, that's, no, who he, that's who gets on his nerves. Well, the yeah. one, the one right that the right by Burger Down. There, <laughs> what was the name of the, the barber you went to? I don't know his name. Weed Whacker. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I won't. I won't do you dirty. Like the guy that, who man. does the roofs on all those houses too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right, Michigan State men's basketball. We've got five minutes to cover. These guys deserve more than that. But the first game was ugly, let me tell you. I went all the way to Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids to watch it. You know, I, I was working for my other job, but hey, I was there. First game, ugly. Drew, Drew Neitzel had to score 27 just to keep it, get us a victory. Four points. Uh, Raymar Morgan did not play. Sunday, he did play. And boy, did he play one. Ah, puberty, puberty still there. You see that? <laughs> All right, Raymar, Raymar Morgan comes out and scores ten points and records nine rebounds in the first half. I don't care if it's against Northern Michigan; it's a decent team. Tom Izzo went there, and everyone around here seems to, you know, worship him. Izzo. Yeah. So, Goran Sutan, a double double, fifteen and twelve is what Ray or Goran finished with. Raymar finished with sixteen and twelve. So Travis Walton did not score, but Travis Walton's just going through a little slump. I talked to him last night. You know what? Don't get on Travis Walton's case just because the guy didn't score a point. Slung out eight assists. You know what? This team's got a lot. You know, you have to form some chemistry. And as a point guard, a lot of that chemistry formation is on your shoulders. Right. And, of course, he's taking on a new role right now since they're going to switch Drew over to that one slash two, that scoring point guard. Not calling him Allen Iverson, but that's the type of role he's going to try to assume as that person to attack from the perimeter and get points and create in the lane and so so on and so forth. So Travis is taking on the new role as being the primary ball handler. So, of course, you know, he's going to be more cautious, not one to make costly turnovers because that's the easiest way to lose a basketball game. Yeah, he, he, with, he, had some he, he definitely had his turnovers. we got to cut down on those. But nonetheless, Travis is going to take it no harder than anybody. These athletes know. We don't have to sit here and bash them and talk about them like other media outlets may do. Right. But th- these athletes aren't stupid. You kidding me? They know what they did wrong. They know what they're going to fix. So don't knock on Travis Walton out there. You know, he's a good guy. I I personally, he's a good friend of mine. He's, he, a, he's a strong defender. He may not bring the complete offensive package to you, but I think he's he's getting the job done. He's just he, getting that rust off in the beginning of the year. So don't count Travis Walton out right now. But you can count Raymar Morgan in. As right. Big Ten freshman of the year, I'll go and say that. I don't know about Greg Oden. He still doesn't know if he's going to play till January, and who knows how he's going to do them with all this hype. We've known to see overhyped players. Yeah, he was ready. burst. You could tell he's a little angry about the decision from the NBA because he was definitely ready to go. I read statements back as far as when he was in the tenth grade of talks going to the NBA straight out of high school. So. He's not really favored about playing for Ohio State, so that's something that you have to keep in your mind. He may not be in such a rush to get back to the court. Drew Neitzel, he did not start yesterday. He had flu-like symptoms. Hopefully Drew's feeling a little better. We got a doubleheader this week, Wednesday and Thursday night. Uh, we take on Brown Thursday, Wednesday, pardon me, at 7 p.m. at the Breslin Center. It's the Coaches versus Cancer Classic. It's a good, great program or a great sponsorship uh, fighting cancer. I think the coaches will be out there wearing tennis shoes with their suits. And uh, to fight cancer, Tom Izzo will probably donate an absurd amount of money because he's right. a great guy like that to cancer research. But as far as the search for this team goes and finding chemistry, who do you think the X factor is now after two games have unfolded and the exhibition is behind us and we face we have back-to-back games this week? I'm going to have to take uh, – ooh, who do I want to take? Give me Goron down low. Yes, sir. Give me him as the X factor because I see Raymar being more consistent than he is. Yep. And for them to to win, they're going to need that down low presence from from somebody. So if not Goran, then, then ID. If not ID, then Edong played. Edong played tremendous. Before we get to our our last segment on voting, what we're going to vote for today. Big shout out to the big man ID. Tremendous dunk, dunked all over some kid from Northern on Sunday. <laughs> tremendous. If he can come in and play 15 minutes and give us six and six, that's that's enough. That's what we need from that's big enough. from big ID. That's enough. So it's going to be, of course, the the post 
position in the, in the front court is going to be by committee. So oh, that's yeah. something you're just going to have to understand. But my X Factor will be Goran. He has a little bit more experience. He's been here before. So I'll go, I'll go out and say Queese Gray. Just like I said last week, I'm sticking with my boy Big Lips, Queese Gray. <laughs> you know what? Queese Gray, if you can go out and get us 10 and 8, 10 and 10 every night, feasible, that's a rep. That's what he can do. Which it, is feasible. Get the crowd to its feet with some nasty dunks. We'll be all right. Voting day is tomorrow, and we will vote now. We are voting for the following areas. We will start first with the top. We'll say, I, I don't know if I want to say hottest. That's kind of sexist. Is that sexist, Brigitte, if I say hottest? No. I'll say, how about so. most beautiful Michigan State female athlete? We're, we'll start with Juan. Ooh. Most beautiful female <laughs> athlete. Recognizable. Because I know you like to stalk those Michigan State yeah, female Yeah, uh, you know, I'm definitely the one in the bushes. <laughs> um. You know what? I'll, I'll let Brigitte start. Brigitte, who is the most attractive Michigan State female athlete? That's a hard question to answer. <laughs> but, um, gosh, I don't know. I'm stumped. She's stumped. No, she just doesn't want to answer. She's <laughs> a girl. But Juan, can you can you agree with me on this one? I'm I don't know if I'm making a stretch. Okay. Incoming freshman. Basketball player. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> Mandy Pikowski. Most beautiful Michigan State female athlete. I can say it. She's know? nice. She's nice. <laughs> She's nice. Who She's is nice. yours? You've had time to think, and I told <laughs> you about this segment. Juan I is did just, have time to think. I think and you know. I, put I, it out of my mind. I think Juan has the hots for Rini Haynes. Come on, Harold would have my head if he heard me say Rini Haynes. So. Yeah, are you going to go in memory of Harold Childs? Actually, you know what I am. I'm going to go in memory of Harold Childs, and then I want to take Rini Haynes. Hands down, the hottest Rini Haynes. You know what? Aside from Rini Haynes, I have to, this is this is in Harold's you know preferred box or whatever. We right. got to go. We got to go. We have to go with Taryn James. Oh yeah, I forgot about Taryn James. All right, you've had some time to think. Um, you, do you agree with me? On the incoming freshman, the little blonde point guard. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the little blonde. Hey, <laughs> there it is. Rookie, talk to me. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> not, the, not the answer you want to say. With, I guess the rookie's, I don't know, questionable over here. Jeez. Best all-around coach at Michigan State. Best all-around coach. Joanne P. McCauley is who mm-hmm. I'm saying. I take Joanne. She messed around and yeah, turned this Joanne. program around. Definitely, took a, she's she was a consecutive year. She just kept going deeper and deeper in the NCAA tournament. Took the girls to a to a national <laughs> championship game, Sweet Sixteen last year. Definitely got some tremendous recruits in. I really like McCauley. We know Izzo is a great coach, but best all around coach. I think I'll just mess around and take McCauley. Brigitte, uh, I would split it between Izzo and McCauley. You know, you can't leave time out. Can't he leave. speaks for himself. Oh, yes, yes. All right, next next topic. It's voting day tomorrow, so we're voting here in the basement. The athlete that is most likely to make the most millions that is currently an MSU athlete. Uh, I'm going to take Raymar Morgan. Raymar. How soon do you think Raymar leaves early? I say he plays another two, so his junior year. After his junior year? After his junior season, I see him out of here. Brigitte? Um, I'm going to take Stanton, even though he had a little bit of a slump this year. Definitely think he'll go to the NFL, and you know, in a couple of years when he develops more, he'll definitely be making millions. I'm gonna echo Raymar Morgan. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the potential and roll the dice on that one. Coach, most likely to be fired next. Who's on a hot seat? Chris Schmeland. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. He's already been fired, but. That's 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 probably one of the toughest questions. If that you, is a you, very... you look around the MSU community, we have we just got a new baseball coach. So right, it's a baseball. lot of positions that's just been refilled. So you know what? We'll we'll take the pass on that one tonight. Most likely to drop a pass. Most likely to drop a pass. Man, girls basketball, men's basketball, football. Most likely to drop a pass. Juan, vote. I'm gonna vote for. Jeremy Scott, most likely to drop a pass. Brigitte. I'm going to go with Tran and Reed. Oh, whoa, whoa. Carrie Reed, the most consistent receiver on the squad, yeah. was three yards away from having another 100-yard game. You kidding? Carrie Reed, consistency, baby. All right. Worst <laughs> local sports writer or caster. Say me and you're fired. <laughs> I'm going to take Hondo. You're, you're not a fan of Hondo. I am not a fan of Hondo. When I see him, he irks me. 
I got to see what this caller has to say. Caller, how are you doing today? What up, D? It's Ray. Ray, our friend Ray, who's a consistent caller. Ray, what do you got for us tonight, brother? Well, uh, I think uh, probably the most consistent, uh, or the person most likely to drop a pass is probably Trannon. Trannon, why Trannon? Come on, six six two thirty. Come on, Ray. <laughs> the guy's got hands of stone. Oh. <laughs> hands of stone, but a heart of gold. No. So, Ray, can you can you vote? Do you have a an athlete that you like best? Michigan State female athlete. Uh no, because I really don't know. Hey, I understand, Ray. But hey, it's the top of the hour. You called a little late, buddy. Yeah, we, sorry. I meant to call in earlier. We got to let you go. Have a good one. You're listening to the Impact WDBM East Lansing. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. Tune in weekly Monday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. You can hear my lovely voice. If not, tune in to our website, www.impact89fm.com. Download us to your iPod. You can listen to our podcast. Download us to your desktop. But we're out. It's top of the hour, and coming up next is Jazz Spectrum. He's going to bring you the best and the newest and the greatest jazz music he can. And he's going to do it right now. He just gave me the thumbs up. I'm out for Brigitte, the Rook, and my main man Juan from day one, Kevin behind the glass. It's 8.01. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.